Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I do not get results, they do not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Ari Gronich with the Create a New Tomorrow podcast. And we're here with uh, a good friend, Eric, who is an autism fitness expert. That is a really unusual thing for somebody to be an autism fitness expert. So I'm going to kind of give you a little bit about Eric Chesson. He is the founder of Autism Fitness. He's an exercise physiologist uh, with an extensive background in applied behavior analysis. And Eric has been working with the ASD population of all ages uh, for nearly 20 years. So Eric, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of background as to who you are and why you chose this particular niche, which is sure. a niche to, to choose. Thanks, Ari. Sure. So I started out uh, as many in the industry who went on to work with niche populations as a personal, young, very green personal trainer working with the general population. And at the same time, I was doing graduate studies in behavior analysis. And in one of those, um, I believe it was a principles of human behavior class. I had a classmate who was the director of a program for teens uh, on the autism spectrum in New York City. And she said, hey, I know you're a personal trainer. You're in this behavioral science class. Would you be interested in developing some fitness programs for our curriculum? We've never had a dedicated uh, fitness program. We've tried some sports activities. It hasn't really gelled, hasn't really worked out. So over the course of, uh, of an hour discussion, I decided to uh, apply to become part of, part of this small research program. And they liked what I had to say. I, I started working um, with the individuals in the program. And one thing that was really important about my early experience was that I was not working with individuals who would be considered high functioning or highly motivated or very on task. And it set the foundation for everything that I would develop later, which was you have to have a, a system that accounts for nearly any, any possibility. So as I continued developing my, my craft or my skill set in, in this program, an opportunity came along. I had a behavior analyst who contacted me. I, I forget how it must have been based on something that I wrote. And she said, I usually do early intervention, you know, three and, and four-year-olds. I just took on two new cases, these two 12-year-old boys, and I have no idea what to do with them. Do you think you could help out? So I said, yeah, I, I think I can. So those became uh, my my first two um, 
athletes outside of uh, the program that I was working in. And at the time I found when I started performing any type of, of research, and I put that in quotes, of best practices for integrating fitness programs for the autism population, I found very little. What I found was vague and general at best. It was fitness programs are important for all populations, special needs populations included, which not much to take action on there. So what I realized was there was this large gap in, uh, in practices or, or disciplines. So you have the, the world of, of fitness and physical activity, strength and conditioning and, and movement. And it's not, it's not visible to the autism world, meaning um, families and uh, other practitioners, uh, behavior therapists, speech pathologists, et cetera. So I thought, well, I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't profess to say that I ever actually had this specific thought, but it occurred to me over time that there was something to having an interdisciplinary background where I can speak what it, when I talk about autism fitness now, we can speak many different languages. So we can talk about fitness with respect to how we can improve movement quality and, and strength and stability, but we can also talk about behavioral challenges and how we can integrate positive behavior support, how, how we can increase uh, fluency of speech, how we can integrate speech targets. So we speak to all of these different professionals and, and caretakers, including parents, family members, who are involved with or caring for or, or serving the autism population. And we look at fitness as a gateway and, and a foundation for both short and, and long-term optimal development. So from this, so I'd been running programs for, I guess, I, I guess around 15 years at that time. And then I met uh, David Blumen, who's my business manager and we launched our autism fitness certification level one in May of 2017. And now uh, worldwide, we have over, how many is it? Over 430, I believe, autism fitness certified pros. And we're just looking to create our mission is called the movement for movement. So the idea and the goal is to have fitness, programs and adapted PE programs accessible to the whole of the autism population, regardless again of age or, or ability level. So that's where, that's where we're at now. And then uh, back in, in early March, in fact, March 1st, my, uh, my wife and I relocated from uh, New York, which was my home for uh, over 39 years to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm speaking to you from now. Cool. Very, very cool. I mean, you know, it's, it's an unusual thing to choose to work with a population that a lot of people are kind of scared of. They think sure. oh, yeah. uh, the autism population is too delicate, maybe, mm -hmm. or fragile to work with. So mm -hmm. I want uh, just for, for everybody, like, give me a, a story of an experience that you've been able to produce in one of your clients. And just kind of like the, the love that they've been able to give back based on what you've been able to do for them. So uh, any kind of, kind of story about an experience, uh, you know, that you've had. Sure. Well, one of my, one of those two boys who I mentioned 
who I was working with originally back in the first or, or second year that I started my business, our first few sessions wound up I, on, on the floor with me you know, protecting him from banging his head into a, uh, a hard tile kitchen floor. And so that was, that was definitely the most, one of the more challenging situations that you can be in, um, particularly with this population, because we're looking right there, we're looking at a 100%, this is a safety intervention right now. And I had, I had worked with him, uh, you know, from, from that point for 12 years after that also, and to have him eventually develop to the point where he began mastering some of the most challenging exercises that we have in our autism fitness curriculum. He's doing uh, scoop throws with a, a medicine ball. So learning hinge mechanics, his squat pattern is getting better also. And it's not just about the, uh, the exercises or, or the physical benefit or the, the development of the physical skills. It's definitely about that because that's what we're, uh, that's where it worked to achieve. But going from a place where we're, we have to be very considerate of severe self-injurious behavior to a point where an athlete is largely motivated to participate definitely shows that something good is happening and that something has changed. And the biggest success for me now, out of that, the biggest success was the fact that Fidele, after several sessions and, and some and a few interventions, and it's not to say that it was always a hundred percent unicorns and, and rainbows in our session, but to go to that point, which was a real concern to a point where I would go over and he would understand the expectation and we would go through all the exercises that we needed to go through and everything was cool. And, and it didn't mean he was performing the exercises you know, perfectly and that, and that everything was great. It just meant you know, he was on task enough that he could learn and that he could, he could progress. So that for, for myself and, and me as a coach and a practitioner, that, that was a, a major victory and you know for his family as well to to earn that trust and to understand that this is something really important in his life to have me work with him for you know for 12 years as well until i relocated and then to you know to to have him work with another coach after that who i trained but on on a larger scale and looking from the perspective of what we're doing with autism fitness what I wasn't doing, I wasn't going in there and waving my magic wand and saying, well, now you're having fun and now you like exercise. What I was doing was taking the, the concepts and principles and strategies that at, at the time I was, I was learning and just starting to develop into a system and be able to integrate that um, and have a successful outcome, which is the same thing now in, in teaching the certification course and in educating other people and in consulting. You know, having other people have those results is the real uh, merit test for for validating the the curriculum itself. Because if it's just me doing it and it's just you know, the the Eric Chesson Super Autism Fitness Magic Show, that's fine for the athletes that I work with. But what do we do on a larger scale? But if it's if we can replicate it and there are other coaches and practitioners who can use the work for their athletes 
then then we are doing something that that really is world changing. Absolutely. So it sounds like you're you're creating a movement, which is part of what Create a New Tomorrow is about, is creating yeah. movements with people and their passions. You have over four hundred people that you've trained in this system mm -hmm. who are now getting the opportunity to have an effect on thousands and thousands and thousands of a population that sure. have you know previously unserved. Mm -hmm. and as you know, I like to, to pick fights, so I'm gonna pick a fight with the system itself. Mm -hmm. What have you seen as one of the largest obstacles inside of the system as it is and the training of the system, both in fitness and in all the other forms of medical Mm -hmm. care that you're you're looking for other practitioners like if you had a, a behavior and a speech therapist and so yeah. on you could refer to mm -hmm. regular basis that are as qualified as you are in what you do mm -hmm. for that population what would what would you consider to be the biggest obstacle in that system i i think having a largely reactive model. And we can talk about this in, in terms of certainly the Western medical system. And I think it's gotten, a, it's gotten a lot better with preventative care. In my experience, and of course, this is all, only my experience, when I first started out, uh, the buy-in for, or the interest in fitness for this population was not they're not very high. I don't think people had an understanding of what fitness really is and what physical act the, ben the benefits of physical activity. And th this is a conversation I've had numerous times with, with colleagues. The fact that programming for the autism population uh, two decades ago, definitely, even, even a decade ago, was largely focused in the the academic and also in the very, I, I suppose we could say almost vocational. So it was all, you know, it was all skill development. It was all this kind of rote, if not rote, rote memory, but just re, uh, a lot of repetition with no real, I think, overarching goal as far as a fully developed human being. And what I mean by that is I, I think it's shifted and shifted for the better in terms of a lot more programmings being a, a lot more programming being focused on quality of life now, which is good, especially for a program like mine, because we're dealing with quality of life in terms of um, physical health as well. So the conversation has shifted and I think the the focus now is is a little better. What I, I think that one of the biggest issues is the difference between knowing something and doing something about it. You know, if if we asked a room of two hundred people, how many of you think is you know physical activity is important for uh, you know best quality of life? You'd have one hundred and ninety nine hands go up, and you know one nod because they just you know, want to argue, right? Which is fine. But it's actually enacting the, those processes and those strategies. And that's the thing about what we do with autism fitness also is that I didn't have to invent anything in terms of the exercises. You know, we're using presses and squats and, and crawling patterns and, uh, and hurdle steps and medicine ball throws. I didn't have to invent anything. And I, I don't necessary hurdle or obstacle was not 
we don't know what exercises are good. It's how do you implement these for this population? You know, it, it sounds yeah. like, like there's a lot of cognitive benefit mm. that may be a side benefit to the physical movement, especially if you're doing things like cross crawling, mm. and, uh, activating both sides of the brain with the movement, activating balance, that there's going to be a cognitive shift as well in in those that population it sounds to me like like you're having quite an effect on cognition as well mm -hmm. as just knowing motor response or can you know can you sure movement. sure uh i'm i'm certain that we do in in some respect the tricky part is not overestimating or over qualifying something that that's happening. So I only speak to what, you know, the observable universe that we have in front of us, because I don't know what that's going to look like for each athlete. And I talk about this in our level one certification with respect to when we break everything down, the system that I created is called the PAC profile. So it's physical, adaptive, and cognitive. And from a cognitive perspective, we can see an increase in cognitive functioning during the fitness session, we have to be really careful in discussing what we're talking about because it's not as though we're saying, okay, well, we're doing 10 medicine ball throws and then three cone touches and then they're gonna raise their IQ, you know, four points. But what we're looking at is the individual's ability to start making some, some associations and contingencies between a, a direction. So I say, oh, go do you know 20 rope swings. And they go over and they pick up the ropes because they know they they are able to match my language and the words that I'm using with uh, a recall of what they're supposed to be doing. So the cognitive effect, though I'm sure it there's some there's a beneficial outcome there. What I can't start going into is whether it's specific or whether it's general, because again, when you're dealing with individual, I don't know what that's going to look like for every individual, especially when we're talking about our, our nonverbal population too. But there is, there's, I, I think there's enough uh, good research in the neurotypical population demonstrating that exercise does have a positive effect on certain areas of neurological functioning that we could take that information and say, you know what, it's probably true for the autism and other developmental disabilities as well. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to wrap this up a little bit. I, I ask everybody on the show to give some actionable steps mm -hmm. that people can take today. And, you know, in this case, we'll, we'll talk to the parents, the trainers, the therapists, you know, that the people who deal specifically in this population or yeah. who want to, mm -hmm. what is what are three actionable steps that they can do if they're passionate about working mm -hmm. with or supporting this population, what can they do to be of of more support? support, or support? Um, number one is prioritize. You know, someone can give as much lip service as they want to fitness or, or anything else, but if it's not made a priority, then, you know, when is it going to happen? So again, it's, you know, I could have a hundred hands raised in a room. How many people think it's important, right? But how many people are actually doing it? And you're going to see dwindling numbers of hands there. Number two is consistency. We, in our program, we win with consistency. 
Uh, and that's across the board with consistency with the exercises, con uh, consistency with the teaching methodology, consistency with the coaching and cueing and, and the language that we use. Uh, and three is you can only work with what you're observing. So we, we have a saying in our program, we have many sayings in our autism fitness program, it's know what you're looking at, which, which means from all three areas, physical, adaptive, and cognitive. So know what you're looking at with respect to the movement pattern, know what you're looking at in terms of level of motivation and what we need to do to support behavior, and know what you're looking at in terms of the individual's ability to understand and act on the directions that we're giving them. Awesome, thank you so much. What, where can people get a hold of you? What are some of the, the ways that somebody who's listening to this can connect with you? Our main website is autismfitness.com and across the board, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, it's The Autism Fitness. And I do a lot of, uh, I have to start doing them again. I do a lot of live chats where I answer every, uh, people's questions. We put a lot, I've, we have a lot of videos on our YouTube channel that not only demonstrate the exercises, but some of the insight as to why we're doing something or what we're looking for. And for those who want to dive in and become um, autism fitness certified level one pros um, on autismfitness.com, you can look at the certification page. You can download our course syllabus. Our next course uh, begins, I believe, September 20th. Cool. <clears throat> Sounds good. I, I really hope that people will come and check you out. Uh, just as a, an added benefit to those who do that, uh, if you specialize in any fitness or medical training, your average income goes up by approximately 60%. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who's on the fence, who's thinking, I like to do general fitness. I like to just do the general work. You can actually earn approximately 60% more for doing the same work. And you'll have the reward of working with a population of people that you can really truly have a massive effect on. And so that to me is a great benefit. Uh, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm going to sign off now. This is Ari Gronich, and this was another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, Go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.